Good afternoon and welcome to a, uh, it's been over a week since the last one, but it's still part of the same week. So we got, ep- oh, jeez. Think 179. Oh, 179. Episode, episode 179 here, the Sunday Conversation Podcast. Um, bummer, we should have recorded like two seconds over there. That's on me. That's on me. Well, I'll get into it. I can get into why. Why? I, uh, but go on. Do the do the thing. Uh, presented by Loyalty Life Peers. We should have just Taco lied Costa. and said I was still in London and fucking nobody. Who the fuck would have known? Whatever. All right. <clears throat> now, now it's too late. Three, two, one. <laughs> Good afternoon. Oh, that's that's. Uh... <laughs> We're not in Australia. Oh, um, shit. All right, coming live from from London, United Kingdom. Uh, episode one seventy nine, loyalty liquors, taco casa, um, Dickie's barbecue, one stop convenience. I'll see Trevor in a couple weeks, so oh, that's nice. sweet. Um, one seventy nine coming at you live, Aaron. How the heck are you, Benjamin? I am, I am well. I am uh, doing great. Took a personal day today. All right, so let's let's jump just jump right into that. So the reason I took a personal day today was we got we landed at JFK at like eight. It's mo- it's Monday, by the way. Right, it is Monday. It's Monday. So right. uh, I do. I would like to apologize to the listeners. This is us recording on Monday. Is uh, on me this week wholeheartedly, one hundred percent. Um, uh, I don't think they care. You you know what? You're right. Although there was a time, no, no. Like I'm, mean, I'm saying, like at this point, it's like they know it's coming. Yeah. They just when it gets there, it gets there. Um, right, exactly. And the t- I used to get texts on Sunday mornings when, like, if it wasn't out on Sunday, you know, because sometimes you and I would record on Sunday morning and then it would come out in the afternoon. Um, but you know, this time, no, but nobody does it anymore. Cause they know what's coming anyways. And just for the record, this is a little, a trip recap. It was a short trip, it's not a ton to go over and I am stone sober. So this will not take an hour and a half and I will not say how spectacular it was 78 times. Uh, it was spectacular though. Anywho, uh, I'm great, Ben. Uh, the reason we're recording, Today, I had a super long travel day yesterday. I left left the Airbnb at noon. Uh, had to... I went with Hit the, up he- Heathrow? Uh, yep, I flew out of Heathrow. He- Jesus, Heathrow. <laughs> <laughs> Hebrew? You're went, to, Hebrew? <laughs> went to the country responsible for the English language. Forgot how to speak English. Um, so, we yeah, we left the Airbnb at like noon... Uh, Vilda flew out of Gatwick, which is the other airport in London. So I brought, went with her to the train station and then had to go back to King's Cross and then take a, another underground to uh, a different train station. How, and then- how did their, uh, wh- where did their uh, public transit rank? Uh, the underground, your- the underground is the most efficient subway system I've ever seen in the world. Well, I got to think Japan is. Japan's probably the most efficient, but as from what I've seen, I mean, dude, it was cool. 
First of all, it's super it's super easy to navigate. I was so there's about, good there's good infrastructure in one of the oldest cities there is. Dude, it's like I was talking to my mom about this today. It was like, you know, two things. One, I was we were talking about when I was in the eighth grade, we took a trip to Nashville and my mom had printed out map quiz map quest directions. Actually, I think it might have been the seventh grade. My mom had printed out map quest directions to get to the hotel from the airport in Nashville. And she fucked something up along the way. And we were literally just driving in circles around the city of Nashville, like on the highway. And she was crying and she couldn't, you know, this is before the days of everybody having cell phones that worked everywhere. And, you know, obviously it all worked out in the long run. But, you know, the fact that nowadays you can go to a city where you don't know anything and just Google where you have to go and get multiple options for how to get there is is insane. But, dude, the the underground is like there was two different underground stations right near our Airbnb that had, I think four different train lines on them. It literally walked down. It was no more than a four minute wait for a train ever. You know, you might have to transfer one or two stops. I don't think we spent more than 10 minutes on a train at any point, you know, getting to wherever we were going. So super efficient, uh, worked great. Uh, very, very, very good infrastructure as far as that goes. Um, the buses seem like they work great too. We didn't use any of the buses, but plus the other thing too is now like you remember how in like New York back in the day you had a metro card and you had to load money onto it and shit. Sure. Now it's yeah, just I think all... I think I probably still have one in my little like box of things that I've kept of ticket stubs and all I that. I think shit. I might that's, have one too, actually. That's uh, funny that like that was a thing. Yeah, because now it's just it's all like you can either with your phone with Apple Pay just pay, you know, going oh, through. Oh, you know? New York City Metro card collector item. Seriously, because <laughs> they're they're the same way now too. They're all tap to pay and 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 but that is so much. It's a million times easier. Oh right. Um. But so yeah, that that was all great. But you know, we'll listen. We'll just do this. Will be a brief recap. So how was the Concord? <laughs> oh wait, that, <laughs> is that Paris? That's <laughs> dude. That's you know not it's... even London, or is it? Well, yeah, yeah they had Con- New York to Paris or New York to London. I think it was. Well, I think it was both. The Concords were around for a while. Um, I want to say I'm just googling this right now. All right, oh my god. Okay, Concords' fastest transatlantic crossing was on 7th of February 1996 when it completed New York New York to London flight in two hours, 52 minutes, and 59 seconds. That was well. It took me. Uh, let's see. I left JFK at 8.15. Oh, okay. This is another thing we have to talk about. Don't let me forget this because my flight was delayed and I got to the airport at the same exact time I was supposed to get to the airport. So something's fishy. Anyways, uh, 8.15, I left and I got there at 7.50 the next morning, local time, which was 2.50 hour time. So that's uh, six hour, six hours, six and a half hours. And you're telling me the Concord did it in less than half of that. Dude, that's supersonic. I know. That's dude, what it, but, you know, but why are they not even attempting to bring back like <clears throat> ultra fast air travel? You know what I mean? Um, I'd be taking long weekends in Europe all the time if they had air travel that fast. And then my flight yesterday but, but here, was like, like nine hours. Like what, but that was the thing. Like what? What was the? You know what was the ticket on a on a conquered? A conquered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on a conquered. On a conquered grape. I don't know. Um, uh, not cheap. because then my question is then like relative to the time. 
Are, are we talking that's like a an eight thousand dollar seat? Uh could day? be. That's according, that's probably according that's to probably time out. Super fast passenger planes are going to start making comebacks in 2029. Okay, so we're not that far away. All right. Anyways, off topic. Promise we're sober. Oh, it's like similar to like when we went to the moon and then we didn't go back to the moon for you know <laughs> for ever. 50, 54 years. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. We're headed back, baby. Um. So yeah. So anyways, yeah. I you know everything was relatively smooth on on wednesday get to the airport all that stuff and then my flight got delayed 45 minutes and then got in at the exact time i was supposed to get there in the first place so go figure i guess you know they just just make the time up in the air or you know whatever yeah yeah well hey well everybody knows that they'll make it up in the air they just make it up yeah in the air. they just make it up as they go we, so, need, we need we need dylan here uh actually we captain do speaking we do this is your captain speaking we're gonna we're gonna make it up in the air I'm going to text him. And if he answers me during the show, maybe we'll get an answer. But um, so got there early Thursday, took the train from Heathrow to King's Cross, the big train stage. Uh, this you would love this, Ben. So, you know, I, have you seen the picture of they've got one of those Harry Potter like carriages that's like poking out of the wall at King's Cross and says like platform nine and three quarters above it from the Harry Potter books? Okay. You know, it's like a thing for tourists to take pictures in front of. There yeah. was a 150 person line like waiting to take a picture with us. It was fucking insane. Well, I mean, dude, Harry Potter's a he, he's kind of a big deal. Speaking of which, is he still like do they just quit the books or what book are they on or like Well, I think well, I think that series is done. JK Rowling's a, a billionaire, canceled, but a billionaire. So, you know, I think it's kind of hard to She made a billion bucks off Harry I'm pretty sure she's worth a billion dollars. They that's what the, you know. They say like about like Conor McGregor. Like the hardest thing about being a fighter that gets super successful, making a ton of money, is what's your motivation anymore? If you're already fucking rich, you know. Right. If you got a billion in the bank, you going to fucking write more books? Right. Like fuck that. I ain't not. Well, I'm, I'm, I bet people are dying to know what is up with Harry and all that shit. Like he wins at the end. He kills Voldemort. You know. Sorry, spoilers. Right. And he who should not be named. I shouldn't have said his name. That was bad. Oh. That was a bad idea. Okay. Um. Anyways, now now everyone's gonna know. But yeah. Right. Um. So so uh, got the King's Cross. Uh, she got there. I don't know, maybe an hour after me or so. Um, and then we went. Uh, we went. Have you ever heard of this app called Bounce? No. Kind of interesting. Basically, like if you don't want to drag your suitcases around, you get these these places sign up and you pay like four bucks and you can go drop your bags off and then come back and get them later. So, you know, we found a a, a bounce, uh, a bounce house, a bounce house that was a post office near uh, the Airbnb, went and dropped their bags, got some lunch. Um, when we were in Trafalgar Square, which is a big uh landmark it's like a big obelisk in the middle of this big square. yeah i've heard of it yeah so that was about the only you know i'll just preface the rest of this episode right now with that was basically the only famous london landmark i saw i did see the london eye i didn't go to it or get on it but i did see it um you know whatever we did we did plenty um, of fun stuff yeah that's i mean you went to a bunch of good restaurants i would argue that it'd be cooler to do that than it would be to Sure. Go see all the dumb shit. To, I mean, to, pardon me. It's not dumb shit, but 
You know what I'm saying? It's dumb stuff, Ben. You don't swear anymore. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> is that over with? No, clearly. <laughs> clearly, I'm not doing so hot. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, well, it's like Ron Swanson in the episode of Parks and Rec where they go to London. He's like, oh, look, a clock. We don't have any of those in America when he's looking at Big Ben. So, you know, I get it. Um, no, I mean, there are none. Right. And no. also, shout out, let's see. No, it's actually pretty it's not it's not doing so bad. Sometimes my my car clock is like way behind my hmm. phone clock and yep. and it I oftentimes think that like Steve Jobs is speeding up time on the iPhone. Interesting thought then because I've noticed that my car even though I constantly reset it still somehow gets like a minute or two Ahead. behind my phone. No, oh, wait, my car behind, my car behind. gets behind my phone. Yeah, yeah that's the same same with me. My car gets behind so yeah, I've I've thought about it. Like, where are they shaving the seconds? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they, they're getting them from somewhere. They point, they point shave everything else. <laughs> like, you think they're not points? <laughs> the fix is in on time. Those motherfuckers want to rob us of what we're already losing more and more of every day. Um. So, uh, so we went, got some lunch and then we went and hit up a pub. I will say that English pub culture is very, like, very cool. It seemed like. As far as that, like being ingrained in your heritage and like being a place that people drink, you know, every pub we went into is super cool. You know, they're all old. Like all wood. man you? Just uh, man no, you everywhere? Well, no, London's got, I mean, London's Tottenham, Wait. Arsenal, Chelsea, uh, West Ham. Isn't Manchester United there too? No, it's in Manchester. Oh. It's in its own city. Oh, shit. That makes sense. Where's Manchester uh, I think north. Like, I think pretty sure it's north of London. Uh, I don't know how far north, but I'm pretty sure it's north. Um, but uh, the the pubs are cool. You know, it's all like old, you know, wood everywhere. Bunch of beers on taps. Every person pours like a perfect pint every time, which was really cool. That I thought was really impressive. Uh, beers were good. And then they like the English have like kind of a, a drinking culture where like, you know, you'll go to a pub and you order a beer and then you just stand outside on the street in front of you know, your pub and drink there. So after we went to the pub, we checked in the Airbnb, uh, we got dressed. We went to, uh, we went to dinner at this place called Ziggy greens. Uh, that was like this taco place. And, uh, they basically do like charcuterie board tacos. So like they bring out like four different kinds of meat, uh, all the fixings, all the toppings, you know, tortillas just on a big platter, and, uh, you know, they gave it, you get watermelon margaritas. They give you a bottle of Prosecco as part of like, you know, it's just a pre, you know, pre priced menu. Um, that place was cool. And then we, we walked around, you know, the area, I think we were in Mayfair. I want to say was the part of London we were in at that point, kind of walked around for a while. Then we went back, hit up a couple of the pubs near our, uh, near our Airbnb. Another thing I like. Pubs liked, everywhere. Like cobblestone. Oh, all over the. Or like, Pub- what are we talking Pubs and drag. No, like I mean, you know, the 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 major parts of the city were all paved. There were there was what did it remind you of? Like what kind of city or what city did it remind you of? Um it's so the architecture is very like all right. So the architecture reminds me of like the upper east side of New York, right? So like that very old, like super skilled masonry stuff like that. But then there was sections of like cobblestone street that reminds me of like parts of Boston, you know, where you get that old, that really old school feel. Um, But, you know, very, but, but the architecture everywhere was beautiful. It was like, you could tell that like, you know, all it used to be at one, you know, it still is a very wealthy city, but at one point was like 
was the wealthiest city in the world. Right. Well, they, that is the bank that that's the bank right there. Right. London. Exactly. That's, um, but very cool. Everything, uh, the buildings were beautiful. Everything, lots, lots of craft that went into, into constructing that city. Um, but the pubs, I mean, they're just everywhere and they're cool. They all have like, you know, interesting names and they have like old school wooden pub signs up. And so they're very obvious when you're walking by them. But, uh, the other thing I liked was we went to a pub right around the corner from our Airbnb that was like closing. It was like, it was like, I don't know, one, one thirty in the morning. And, uh, so we had ordered beers and they're like, Hey guys, like we're, you know, they gave it to like, we're only doing plastic cups and we're like, okay, fine. And they do that. So if you're drinking a beer and the bar's closed, you can just walk out with your beer and take it with you, which is great. Yeah, You don't, the, have, you don't have the people classic, plugging their drinks. Right. The classic to go option. Which is, I mean, you know, it was great if you paid for a beer and then the bars like were closed and then you just got to chug it here. You know, you have to chug it before you can go where this way you can just take it to go with you, which was which is cool. But uh, and then Friday, Friday, we didn't we weren't in any rush in the morning. I went out and got us coffee and donuts. There was like a, you know, craft like donut place around the uh, corner from our place. And then we went to um, I got us a, a private like tour and tasting with uh, Heyman's. Uh, Are, were the donuts like American donuts? Yeah. Are we yeah. talking like Krispy yeah. Kreme style or well, donut style? Kind of like you know, no, more like that new age donut. You know, like bigger and puffier, like you know, more pastry in in nature than like the the big chain donuts yeah. you get here. Um, the woke donut. The woke donut. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. Actually. Um, but uh, so we had a, a tour and a tasting with at Heyman's Distillery, which is a gin distillery my company represents. That was actually a lot of fun because it was the two of us and then the master or the head distiller there and the head of their like, uh, you know, customer relations team, you know, whatever hospitality team, I guess is probably the better word for it. And so were, were they like, oh, shit, the American. I mean, I meant, oh, shoot, the Americans coming like we better put on a show. No, I, they were, you know, I, I mean, we definitely got a different experience, I think, than, you know, most people probably get because, you know, I'm in the industry uh, and we rep their products. Um, but, you know, it was cool. We, we, they have a cool bar room upstairs. We went upstairs, you know, and the, the girl Alexa was kind of taking us through the history of the place and, you know, made us a gin and tonic like, and a, like Amazon Alexa, like she. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think she's the voice as a matter of fact. <laughs> I should have asked her. Fuck. I God, I blew that. Um so uh and then like we went downstairs and the uh the head distiller, you know, gave us a showed us the stills and you know talked us talked to us about their process specifically. And then they took us into like their like lab room and they just had, you know, their thing is they use the same 10 botanicals in every gin, and then you know, they add or they add some to other uh types of gins that they make. And uh, so they took us through each botanical, where they come from, the flavor imparts in the gin. And they gave us um, like a stone crucible, you know, where you, you like, mash things up. At the, there's a Mexican name. For you it. mean a mortar and um, um, Yeah, exactly. And there's a Mexican name for it, too. I, can't, oh. I can never fucking remember. Um, but yeah, exactly. Um, so, a Mexican name or a Spanish name? <laughs> Spanish, but they're Mexican cooking. It's a Mexican cooking utensil. Okay, Sp just but Spanish. Yes, you are. That is correct. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I might have got dumber in London. Um, <clears throat> so well, they. Oh, hey, 
you're, you're yeah you're uh you got jet lag i got vacation all, brain. you know i got yeah. vacation brain so okay. uh you know they were like you know grab basically make your own botanical mix and you know mash it all up which was cool they actually you know it didn't hers and i they just they smelled completely different which was which was interesting and then we tasted through their line of products um with the girl alexa she showed and then she showed us a couple other things that you know i don't think they normally taste but for our you know it's like they make a different proof gin for the united states than they do for the uk and so we tasted through all that um, um uh more alcohol or, wow ugh, ugh. yeah i got vacation brand too. more alcohol or less alcohol more alcohol in the u.s versions uh there's two different gins that they had american versions for interesting slightly more alcohol than the uh than the uh english versions why uh, uh i don't know i guess Just, that, so they're they're importer like, is it like we we won the war we <laughs> yeah we get more alcohol <laughs> harder booze bitches uh no they i guess they're so their importer is a company called house alpens which we represent who i guess told them like like they think it would be better with slightly more alcohol. So they just make a, a slightly more alcohol heavy version. Um, but it, the difference is noticeable. Um, and then after that, she sent us over to a pub near the train station that we came in on just to get a drink of theirs. We ended up meeting these English dudes that uh, we talked to for these older English guys that, you know, hang out at this pub all the time. Super nice. Uh, really great guys. You know, we chatted with them for about half an hour or so. Uh, and then we had uh, reservations at Lucanda Locatelli, which is a one Michelin star Italian restaurant uh, that night, uh, which was great. You know, the, well, the food, the food is great. The interesting thing about that place was like the service was was the service was good. Like there was not not any point where like we were being ignored or, you know, we couldn't get something like nothing like that. Like they forgot anything. But it's just like it's kind of interesting. Like after we were done with our meal, they were taking they're clearing the table before dessert came and they pulled like the you know the bread basket off the table and a roll fell out of the bread basket and rather than like the server just taking it right there he just like left it and then like he walked away he got a crummer you know the little things you pull the crumbs off the table with and they came back like four minutes later and then took the roll you know it's just the little things that michelin star restaurants usually don't see but the food was awesome uh the food was really really good dessert was good wine was great i would have i would have grabbed that roll and eaten it well we you know we did we did just because like if they're a michelin star restaurant they better have clean floors is that how it works i would imagine the floors are pretty clean we did go through a good amount of the bread uh but we also got pretty heavy pasta dishes and uh and and we got okay, a burrata appetizer and we had dessert coming so you know we oh we're saving room oh. for, for some tiramisu all right that's fair um so that that was great you know and as far as michelin star restaurants go like very reasonably priced i think i i think you know we got two glasses of champagne a bottle of wine you know each had an entree each had an appetizer split a dessert i think it ran me 275 bucks which is you know as opposed to like Not six, all. six bills. I paid seven sixty five at my MO for just me, you know. So <laughs> definitely, definitely a, a touch cheaper. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, after that, we wanted to go check out uh, this place called Opium, which is the number twenty three cocktail bar in the world. Um, there was like a there was a line to get in, and the bouncer was like, he was actually really cool. He was like, it's gonna be like 15, 20 minutes, so we're just kind of standing outside waiting, you know, because we weren't in a rush or anything. 
And, you know, after about 10 minutes, he's like, hey, guys, like, it's probably going to be like a half an hour. Like, if you want to leave and come back. And we're like, all right, like, no problem. So we just started walking down the street. What? I was going to say, if you want to leave, come back, and then the line will be an hour and a half. Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, so part of me was thinking that was going to happen. And actually, to some degree, it kind of did. But I'll I'll, I'll tell you that in a second. So we kind of walked down the street. We found... We, we saw this place that just had like a neon, like the door was open, a neon sign, a staircase down into like basically a basement and like, you know, great music, like great, like 60s and 70s, like R&B soul music coming out from from the basement. So we're like, oh, let's go check this place out. Walk downstairs. It's a gay club, which was hilarious because I mean, the place was great. It was we had a great. So we got a drink. You know, she got a beer. I, I had a daiquiri and we we, you know, we sat sat down and we're chatting hanging out music was great the place was cool people look like they're having a great time so we finished those and we walked back over and yeah now there's like 20 people waiting to get in where before it was like us and like one other like couple that was there like waiting to get in and uh so i walk up to the guy and he's like basically without saying it he was like fuck they came back and he was like just like stand over here for one second so he took us out of the line and, you know, he let us right in, you know, two minutes later, which was, which was cool of him because, you know, in reality, he didn't have to. Yeah. Um, opium was, was really cool. Awesome drinks, awesome cocktails, uh, really cool scene inside, like old school, like Asian vibe. You know, it's supposed to be like a styled, like 1920s, like Singaporean. I don't even know if that's, is it Singaporean? Singapore styled speakeasy. Uh, two really great bartenders. One of the bartenders from Lithuania. He was fucking hilarious. These two guys came in and like came up to the bar and they asked him like, Hey, is this a bar or a restaurant? And it is a restaurant too. But, and the guy's like, Oh man, he's like, we're top 50 cocktail bar in the world, unfortunately. And the guys turned around and left and he's like, what the fuck did they want? A blowjob? He was the kid. The guy was hilarious. He was like cracking us up. Uh, we got some awesome drinks there. Had a couple, uh, cool shots that they made for us. Um, Left at like it was like two thirty in the morning when we left. Walked back through Trafalgar Square. Saturday was the weather was shit. It was fucking cold and raining and windy all day. You know, in England, so it was the like, London fog. Yeah, I mean that was really the only bad, like really bad weather day. We're not doing what we did in Norway again. Like the the weather was legitimately bad only that day, um, and we were not in a rush at all. So we went, uh, and this was this was Vilda's pick. This was although I was into it too we went to the british imperial war museum which is basically world war one world war two the holocaust which was fucking heavy i don't don't care who you are going to anything holocaust related is is fucking heavy um and then the the chaos in northern ireland was like the last exhibit although that was there wasn't much of that uh but cool it was cool it was cool to see they had like a full-size scale model or a full-size uh spitfire uh you know the british uh, plane they used during world war ii hanging from the ceiling um lots of cool memorabilia lots of cool little stories that you know are just small stories from the wars um it is wild though to like think like they had like a picture from world war one of like these guys carrying a dude on a stretcher through mud like up to their knees and it's just like you just see that shit and it's impossible to process what that was like. But the fact that like that was the reality for Europe twice during, you know, from 1914 to, you know, 1945 is, is wild. Um, 
but so we were there for a while, went to uh stopped at a pub for for some food after that. We were gonna go to the London Eye, but it was closed by the time we got out of the pub. And then uh Saturday night we went to um this place is Kana Kana Bar, Connaught Bar, uh, which is the number eight cocktail bar in the world. Uh super cool. In the interior is beautiful, it's all like art deco style. You taking notes? Like you you gonna be a better bartender after going to these. Well, I mean, so that's the thing, is like so like this place, and it's not the first place I've seen it, but it's a cool thing that some bars and restaurants or cocktail bars do is like tableside martini service. So like you order a martini, they come to your your table, they ask you what you want for you know, gin or vodka, what what brand you want, um, you know, what you want the glass rinse with and then they make the martini right in front of you but they do it you know what do you mean what what they want the glass rinsed with because certain martinis you might you might rent like okay let's say you order a dry martini okay a dry martini i fucked this up like one of the first bartending shifts i ever had means you want very very little vermouth right a classic martini is gin dry vermouth that's it stirred you know chilled with a with a a lemon twist as a classic gin, gin martini but if you want a dry martini, you might just literally rinse the glass with vermouth. So you'll put like, say, half an ounce in and you'll just the way we would do it is you tilt the glass sideways and you turn the glass on the bottom. So the, the vermouth just kind of coats the outside of the glass and then you dump it out and then you pour in, you chill your gin and you pour your gin in uh, or vodka if you're having a vodka martini. Um you know, but some people like theirs with more vermouth. Some people like it with less vermouth. So it's a martinis are a very personal experience, if you will. Um, but they do the the very like the flare style of doing it, where you know when they after they stir and chill it, you know as they're going to pour it, they start with the mixing glass close to the the martini glass, and then they get like they hold the glass like super high, so it's just this like long stream of martini coming out. And then with their other hand there, you take a lemon and you express the lemon over the martini as it's going down into the glass. So you're, the whole martini is is being having lemon zest basically sprayed on it as it's going into the glass and you rinse it. So it's cool. It's a cool, cool way to do a martini. Uh, but yes, I am taking notes from my future, uh, my future cocktail bar. Absolutely. Um, Good. And then, uh, yeah, after that, you know, went home and then, uh, and then we were out of there Sunday. So quick jaunt to London, didn't see any sights, um, but had a, had a world-class time. Uh, was, you uh, lived it though. It's, it sounds like. I couldn't give a shit less. I, you know, I really couldn't. London's not going anywhere. I can always go back, you know, and the reality is, is I had three days with somebody I wanted to spend a lot of time with. And if that meant cutting out fucking Buckingham palace and, uh, the tower of London, <laughs> I'll survive, you know, <laughs> the world life will go on. Um, but that was it, my boy. How was your week, Benny? What did I miss uh, out on? Uh, nothing really. Uh, we've just been working at the house, installing beams, building the bathroom. Um, nothing crazy at all. N- not nothing, uh, London worthy to speak of, but nothing bad either. Just, that's great, man. Just uh, yep, keeping the ball rolling. That's all you can do, right? Yep. I got an answer from Dylan, by the way. I said, Dylan, how do they make up time in the air? He said they just say that usually the flights are scheduled to get in earlier than the time you're expecting. So if they just stay on track, they can get in quicker anyway. 
Sometimes you can ask for a shortcut if you're not already on a direct route, but most a direct route, but most of the time the routes are pretty direct. They're usually always flying pretty close to max speed, but you can squeeze five to 15 knots faster sometimes. Hmm. Interesting. Thank you. Thank you, Dylan. Oh, we okay. I, and I have to, I have to tell this last bit. So this is the only travel issue I've had so far this year really was. So we land at JFK and the pilot comes over the intercom and is like, there's a plane at our gate, so we have to wait until they move before we can go to the gate. You know, shouldn't be very long. Which I also noticed he didn't say how long it would be, which made me feel like it was going to be longer than not too. So it was probably 20, 25 minutes, whatever. We get to the gate and he comes over. He's like, hey, nobody can get up from their seats. Somebody on board needs paramedics. So these paramedics come on. So like all in all, it was like. From the time we landed to the time we were actually able to get up and get our shit it was like an hour and 15 minutes. Like that, that part sucked. American customs. I have to fucking do global entry. Cause I'm sick of waiting in customs lines for fucking so long for a two second interaction with a customs agent. Where were we traveling? England. You want to declare anything? No. Let me take a picture of you. Great. Welcome home. Like, thanks, dude. <laughs> what the fuck? Why do I have to wait to say that to you, dude? Like yeah. fucking hell. Um, but yeah, that was, that was my quick weekend jaunt to London would highly recommend. Don't ask me for tips though, unless it's on bars or restaurants. Uh, otherwise I got, I got nothing for you and take the tube. It's very easy. Yeah. There you go. There we go. All right. That's, that's it. it. 179 out. Ben, appreciate you Love accommodating you. me. Love you a bunch, buddy. Uh, that's it. We'll talk next week. Yeah. Sounds good. Later.